0: This is the Inside the Board Study Smarter Series for the USMLE Step 1. And go check out the Inside the Board's main podcast. Don't forget about that one. Uh, We do have USMLE Step 1 tips from Dr. Jason Ryan from Boards and Beyond in our ITB audio blog powered by Med School Tutors. And in the coming weeks, we'll be focusing on those last-minute tips you need during your dedicated Step 1 prep time. And now... Let's get into today's show. Welcome to the Inside the Board's Study Smarter series, dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer, so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed on your exam.
1: All right, everybody, and we are back with another episode for our Study Smarter series. Uh, this is Greg Rodden, uh, one of the newest team members at Inside the Boards, and I am here with the founder extraordinaire, Dr. Patrick Beeman. Well,
0: thank you, Greg. I, I, I appreciate the encouragement. Well, I guess we'll, let's just get right into it. I was going to have Liz yell in the background, like, download the app, since I've been talking about that so much. I'm afraid people get annoyed, but I I won't today. See, I'll just do it subliminally. (laughs) But (laughs) All right, let's go right into it. Today we have a 19-year-old male who comes to the emergency room because of shortness of breath for the past four hours. He reports that earlier in the day he was doing some housework and suddenly became short of breath. He also reports back pain for the year prior that is uh, worst after waking up in the morning with stiffness that lasts for about an hour. He also noticed intermittent hip pain, but he tried to ignore these symptoms. Chest x-ray and spinal x-rays are obtained. And here is our interrogatory. Which of the following is associated with the most likely diagnosis? So... Just to back up, and again, I forgot to read the interrogatory first, and I don't feel like going back to edit it, so next time I'll try to do that again. But basically, we've got a 19-year-old guy who has bad pain because he's coming to the ER with shortness of breath, back pain, and uh, back pain's chronic. The shortness of breath is acute. The stiffness that he has uh, in his muscles resolves or improves upon waking. So what I guess is our differential going to be I don't know do you I guess let's just go into the answer choices here cuz that shortness of breath and back pain as uh, two symptoms are are pretty broad so um, we could probably list a, a lot in the differential so choice A HLA B27 positivity B HLA DR3 positivity C, a positive ANA, or D, a positive rheumatoid factor. All right, so we've got these four answer choices. Immediately when I read these options, you know, the obvious reflex I have is I'm looking for something rheumatologic. How would you kind of approach narrowing that to an association with a likely
1: diagnosis? Sure. Uh, so given that this is kind of like a young male and he is complaining of back pain and you're thinking about, uh, you know, an, some kind of underlying rheumatologic disease. I mean, the very first one that comes to mind is going to be ankylosing spondylitis, uh, nine yeah. times out of 10, you know, and especially given the fact that, you know, it's, 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 like indolent back pain kind of, uh, chronic back pain. And it gets better with, um, when he wakes up in the morning and with use essentially is, is what that's getting at. Um, as like the joints loosen up and, um, you know, relieve some of the stiffness that he has in the morning. Um, it it kind of screams ankylosing spondylitis to me uh, other yeah. items on the differential diagnosis i mean could be something like rheumatoid arthritis but that usually affects smaller joints not uh joints in the axial skeleton um at least at I first i guess the
0: the the thing that's thrown me off is the shortness of breath
1: yeah yeah so so the shortness of breath what that's getting at is some of the restriction of motion of the rib cage uh, that you Mm -hmm. can develop with ankylosing spondylitis. Another way they can say it is limited chest expansion. And so as the disease involves the, the ribs and the axial skeleton, like higher up in the thoracic spine, it can limit the ability of the chest wall to move. And so when you have limited capacity to expand your chest cavity, right? That's going to limit the amount of gas exchange that you can perform. It's going to limit your, um, like inspiratory capacity and that kind of thing. So that's what would explain the, uh, the shortness of breath in all likelihood. It's unlikely. I like the- this, this, this is
0: a good, uh, question then I would say, um, I, I I'll be honest. The if If I were to go through the answer choices, taking this uh, taking the exam, um, I, I immediately would remember HLA b twenty seven is ankylosing spondylitis, but my main association and thought with that is immediately bamboo spine. Um, and I don't really think about the um, axial skeleton involvement. Um, So if I was on the exam saying, okay, I know I got back pain and I know I could get back pain with um, diseases associated with HLA-B27 positivity, um, a positive ANA or a positive rheumatoid factor, I suppose. Um, The shortness of breath, I'd probably focus on quickly and just say like, okay, what can cause shortness of breath? Um, You can have decreased ability to exchange oxygen for carbon dioxide. You can have a pneumonia. You could have part of your lungs being taken over by a, a tumor or a, a, a PE or CHF or a heart attack. Um, and I would just go through those, I think, until I got to hopefully consider that mechanical um, ventilatory problems could lead to that symptom. And um, But I don't know if that would still get me to to HLA-B27 positivity. I might be tempted to just pick HLA-DR3 positivity just because I can't remember uh, what that is. And I would say that's a bad strategy. (laughs) Unless you can positively rule out with at least some moral certainty that the other answer choices are not the correct one. I would not go with the pick the one I don't remember I'd go with the pick the one where I, <laughs> I know something about and reflexively um, go to based at least on something in the vignette. Uh, I don't know. Do you think that makes sense? Sure. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. A, uh, another kind of helpful mnemonic that a lot of people use is uh PAR, pair P A I R for the, for the diseases associated with HLA B 27 positivity. Um, so pair, uh, P in the mnemonic stands for psoriatic arthritis. Um, a stands for ankylosing spondylitis. I stands for inflammatory bowel disease-associated arthritis. And then R stands for reactive arthritis, which is also known as Reiter, uh, Reiter's syndrome. Um, but yeah. I think they changed the name because he was like a Nazi or something. But <laughs> like like so many of those diseases, uh, right. veganers <laughs> and some of those other ones. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, so... The HLA-B27-positive diseases um, are considered seronegative arthritis uh, because they are seronegative for uh, rheumatoid factor. And so that helps you to at least rule out one of the answer choices, um, being that ankylosing spondylitis is a, quote, seronegative arthritis. That helps you to rule out answer choice D. And then... From there, uh, ruling out like the HLA DR3 positivity. Unfortunately, this is just kind of one of those things that you kind of have to remember. It kind of sucks, to be honest, but the HLA DR3 positivity is associated with uh, like type 1 diabetes. I think uh, actually, in general, endocrine uh,
0: type diseases like Hashimoto's, oh, okay, Graves' okay. disease, Addison's, diabetes.
1: Um and I I didn't remember that. I just uh looked it up. Okay, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. So so okay. Um so H L A D R three and then I guess the three could remind me of like a backwards E for so HLA-DR endocrine uh, or uh, endocrine yeah, there autoimmune go. diseases would be a good way to remember that. Let's see what else. Um, just as a quick refresher in case people don't remember this, autoimmune diseases, lots of them have HLA positivities and HLA is referring to the major histocompatibility complex. Um, so certain variants of those HLA proteins are... Are related to the immune system attacking itself because of, I guess, a variant or because of a, an abnormal process of uh, antigen presentation um, to the immune system, and then I think that I think that that's the majority of what I would want to yeah. cover in this one. Um, yeah. I
0: would say so, too. The the takeaway, ankylosing spondylitis, HLA-B27 positivity. Don't forget that it's not just a bamboo spine or vertebral fusion on x-ray, but it also can involve the um, axial skeleton. So you might see limitations in chest wall expansion leading to dyspnea. Totally. All
1: right, let's move on to the next one. Okay, so let's move on to our next question. So here's the interrogatory first. Uh, Which of the following is the most likely cause of her fractures? So now we'll move on to the vignette. A 40-year-old woman who lives in New England comes to the emergency department with severe right arm pain after a fall earlier today. She didn't want to go to the emergency room because that doesn't really fit with her, quote, indoor, li- indoor cat lifestyle, but the pain was just too much to bear. Past medical history is mostly unrevealing, but she does avoid dairy because it, quote, upsets her stomach. On physical exam, it showed marked pain on palpation of the wrist, and she doesn't want to move her hand because of the pain. A radiograph of the right hand and arm shows a fracture of the scaphoid and the radial head. A DEXA scan shows a T-score of negative one. And lab results show that her parathyroid hormone level was elevated, serum phosphate level was low, and serum calcium level was low. Which of the following is the most likely cause of her fractures? Ooh, that's a beast of a, a vignette. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's got a lot going on, but um, it but it makes it a good practice question, at least for our purposes, because there's a lot of uh, points that we can that we can highlight along the way, and there's a lot of learning that we can there's a lot of learning that can be had from this practice question.
0: Yeah. All right. So, in summary, uh, going through this, I would say the highlights are. Uh, number one, this lady lives in New England. Pretty much any time they give you someone's provenance, then um, that will become important. You can think about, you know, the people who emigrate from endemic regions that have malaria or which don't vaccinate or which give a BCG vaccine, um, which can lead to all sorts of content uh, relevant to the USMLE. So she lives in New England. Uh, she had pain after a fall and uh, does not fit with her indoor cat lifestyle. Probably is important since that's kind of a unique phraseology. Uh, she avoids dairy and she's got a fracture of the scaphoid and radial head. A DEXA scan showing a T-score of negative uh, 1 and on labs parathyroids elevated Phosphate is low, calcium is low. My guess is the answer choices are not going to list fall on outstretched uh, hand. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's safe to assume for uh, for step <laughs> <All right>. one. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to scroll down here, and our answer
1: choices. Go ahead. You can take those. All right. So our answer choices are a decrease in primary trabecular bone mass. B. Defective mineralization of osteoid. C. Failure of endochondral ossification. Or D. Failure of normal bone resorption leading to dense bone that is prone to fracture. Okay.
0: The vignette they're setting up paints a picture of like an osteoporosis or uh, osteomalacia uh, type picture. So this question, I mean, they they could have listed which of the following is the most likely... Uh, underlying cause of her fractures, or what's her most likely diagnosis? And they could have, you know, listed like osteoporosis or osteomalacia. If both were there, they'd be asking you to remember the, uh, T score, um, uh, criteria for those, which I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll at least touch on, uh, even though that might, I don't know, that might be a little more for than step one requires. But at any rate, now we're looking at, because it's step one, the underlying pathophysiologic process. Um, uh, Decrease in primary trabecular bone mass. I'd rule out just because it says primary. I feel like that's if they're starting from, um, you know, starting behind the eight ball, uh, as they say. Failure of endochondral ossification, or excuse me, defective mineralization of osteoid that one sounds good to me failure of endochondral ossification was c can't think of a disease associated with that Uh, (laughs) so we'll get into that and then failure of normal bone resorption uh, leading to dense bone that's prone to fracture Hmm. i mean i'm going to go with b defective
1: mineralization of osteoid so and you would be correct Uh, And that's awesome. Yeah. So what's going on with this woman. So they mentioned a couple, a couple of important things. She lives in new England, so she doesn't get a lot of sunlight is what they're going for with that. Also, she's an indoor cat. So again, she doesn't get a lot. She doesn't go out in the sun a lot. So she doesn't get a lot of sunlight. So both of those are kind of referring to vitamin D deficiency. You had mentioned osteomalacia in your differential diagnosis, which was, which was perfect. Further, she avoids dairy. Dairy is supplemented with vitamin D, um, so again, she has another risk factor for vitamin D deficiency, and um, and then basically the rest of the vignette is kind of is supporting that underlying diagnosis. The decreased uh, T score um, again that can you can see that with vitamin D deficiency, and the. Parathyroid hormone level being elevated along with both low serum phosphate and low serum calcium, that's an indication of vitamin D deficiency. And it's secondary elevation of parathyroid hormone levels. And the secondary, that's secondarily being driven by low serum calcium levels. Remember that vitamin D helps you to both absorb, helps you to absorb both uh, calcium and phosphate from the GI tract. And so if you have low vitamin D levels, you can see low serum calcium levels, which will drive up PTH levels in an attempt to correct that. in an attempt to correct the low serum calcium levels. And then also the serum phosphate is low because the parathyroid hormone level, the elevated parathyroid hormone level is driving down the serum phosphate. Uh, PTH can be thought of as phosphate trashing hormone. So that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that kind of explains her labs. Um, for answer choice A, the decrease in primary trabecular bone mass—that was—that um, was getting at osteoporosis. Uh, oh, did I get that wrong? <laughs> it's no big deal. Uh, so it, it was referring to osteoporosis. Um, she's forty years old, um, so she's a little a little young to have true uh, osteoporosis at this point, but it's not completely unheard of Um, given the fact that she has the low T score on her DEXA scan that they got for some reason um, that uh, it puts her in the osteopenia category, but not necessarily the osteoporosis category
0: Uh, that there was my, um, there was my error. I was thinking of osteomalacia as osteopenia and yeah, I could see that being confused. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. But man, I'm off my
1: game today. Oh no, 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 no! It's it's uh, it's a a crazy, involved, convoluted vignette here. So, I I will say, uh,
0: here's a little bit of a, a story and background. Osteoporosis has been the bane of my existence, <laughs> I guess, since residency. I mean. Right now, I just do laborious work, but when I was doing full uh scope of o b g y n practice uh for the military, we'd often see retirees come in um so we would manage the you know the initial kind of uh screening for osteoporosis and um you know some of the first steps in managing it in the primary care capacity of an o b g y n but so I was once taking a very important exam and I I remember being uh, asked by the examiners because uh, this was an oral one um you know a bunch of questions related to um osteoporosis and um they had gone through this complex case and, and you know each question kind of built on the other and i remember them showing me a um <laughs> a t score less than 1.5 or uh less than 2.5 and i was confident this woman had osteoporosis but her t score was uh negative 1.5 or something and um i got the diagnosis wrong um uh, as I walked out of the exam, I was like, wait a minute, I shouldn't confuse those because really what they're talking about with your T score is standard deviations, right? Right. <laughs> so a T score
1: of 2.5 uh, represents. So it's, uh, it's two and a half standard deviations below the mean, bone density seen in i think it's like a 30 year old woman is the comparison if they were to use the z score that would be an age matched comparison but the t score for whatever reason uses the 30 year old woman and i'm pretty sure that the reason is when a woman turns 30 years old that's usually when her peak bone density is so they're comparing basically When your bone density is at 100% of its max, how low is this person's bone density compared to that ideal 100% um, bone strength at 30 years old? And then um, the reason that this matters is because it informs our Knowledge of how likely you are to get a uh, pathologic fracture, right? So if you if you were to have a little fall on an outstretched hand, or um, or something more serious like a hip fracture, which can be absolutely devastating, the likelihood that you'll get one of those pathologic fractures is way way up once you reach that T score of negative two point five. Gotcha.
0: So, I mean, you can kind of think of it too, like with uh, bell curves and standard deviations, if somebody's um, negative 2.5, they're outliers um, in terms of their comparison to the normal by, you know, a significant amount and one standard deviation uh, represents what, uh, six, is it 67%? Yeah. 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 Um, so
1: it's, okay. it's right around 67% on either side of the mean. And so the mean is zero. Um, and then minus one to plus one represents 67% of the population minus two to plus two represents like 95% of the population. And then minus three to plus three represents, I think it's like 99 plus percent, um, so okay. someone who has a t score of negative two point five is at like the you know bottom one to two percent of um of the population. Gotcha. I was a philosophy major just to remind everyone, not
0: a, a statistics major,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, all right sorry let's move No on. No, <laughs> no 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 let's no. move on keep going Yeah yeah so uh so what the question um the ultimate diagnosis that she had was osteomalacia right because she has hypovita- hypovitaminosis D or low vi- low vitamin D levels Um so uh What's going on there is because she has low vitamin D levels, her bones have trouble remodeling appropriately, right? So vitamin D is thought to help with the remodeling process in general, even though it raises blood calcium levels by leaching some calcium from bone, the overall effect is to help remodel the bones such that they're stronger and they're able to deal with the stresses that are put upon them. Um. In one of the reasons that I was leaning away from osteoporosis, in addition to the T score, was her age. So she's only forty years old. So she is technically past that like peak bone mineral density, at least if if we're considering her an average person. Um, but she's not. Uh, she's not in the point where her estrogen levels are declining so low that she's losing that uh, protective component of estrogen on the bone. Estrogen helps to. Oh man,
0: you. You're schooling me on uh OBGYN related uh uh basic science.
1: <laughs> no, I uh, I just happen to have a episode of this on med school fizz, so I'm a little more f- familiar with the basic science of it.
0: Oh that, well, there's a plug. Don't forget about uh, our new physiology by physio podcast. Um, are you going to be able to release that episode in conjunction with this?
1: Uh, I probably could. Um, I right now am going to be working on cardio next, but I, I'm sure that I could uh, that I could get it done.
0: All right, let's uh, let's aim for that. At
1: any rate, sorry I keep interrupting. <laughs> no, it's all good. Okay, so. That explains um, kind of the two major di- diagnoses that we were thinking about in our differential: osteoporosis versus osteomalacia. Um, one, you know, other thing. So, vitamin D deficiency in children produces rickets, um, and they have slightly different. Uh, presentation because their bones haven't the growth plates on their bones haven't fused yet so the low vitamin d levels causes kind of abnormal formation of the bone so you can see signs like the rachitic rosary on the ribs um, and also you can see like bow leggedness and uh, and that kind of thing i think you can see some frontal bossing with that too so uh what else Oh, and then uh, you had mentioned also in the answer choices um, failure of endochondral ossification. Uh, mm-hmm. What that one was getting at was uh, achondroplasia. Seems very unlikely in this uh, in this setting, given you know we don't have any history of her being much shorter than her parents or whatever. Um, but achondroplasia is uh, was formerly referred to as dwarfism, right? So uh, an inability of the bones to um, grow to their appropriate length, but it's it has this weird mechanism where you have an overactivation of this thing called fibroblast growth factor receptor uh, three or something like that, and um, this overactivation of something that sounds like a growth factor receptor actually ends up inhibiting the ability of the chondrocytes to proliferate, and that limits the ability of long bones to grow. Consequently, the patient uh, is going to be shorter. Um, however, their height or the the length of their long bones is um, is a- almost like asymmetric relative to their axial skeleton. So, their axial skeleton is relatively normal sized, but their long bones, like the in their legs and arms, are short. And then uh, the oh, and then the the last answer choice. Um, That one, so failure of normal bone resorption leading to dense bone that is prone to fracture, that's referring to a condition called osteopetrosis or marble bone disease. Um, And osteopetrosis is, I mean, just basically just as as it calls it, is failure of normal bone resorption such that you end up producing these really dense, thick bones, but they're not healthy because the the ability of the bone to remodel such that it deals with the regular stresses and strains of life that are put upon it um, is really important. And if we're just laying down a ton of bone um, that in an, in a way that isn't um, optimized for that uh, stress that's put, that's put upon it will lead to fractures. So even the bone's even though the bones appear uh, nice and thick and healthy, they're actually unhealthy. They're it's like marble bone disease. Um, they can crack. Pretty
0: actually, easy. etymologically, it it refers osteopetrosis to like rock-like right. yeah. uh, bones. So, um, but in fact, they are not like you know our normal conception of rocks.
1: Right. So, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, totally. <laughs> uh, okay, and I think that that's. Uh, I think that that's plenty for that. I do
0: too. All right. Well, um, go listen to Physiology by Physio. Uh, Next up in the Study Smarter series will be some cardiology stuff as well as what's up next on Physiology by Physio, which I will say congratulations to Greg for producing a show that unlike... The inside the boards podcast has achieved the coveted new and noteworthy feature on Apple podcasts. So Greg, it's an honor to have you on your on our team since uh, you are a podcaster extraordinaire. Wow.
1: I never thought like anyone that. would be calling me that in my lifetime ever
0: <laughs> And they call they'll be calling you a doctor soon.
1: Yeah, that too that's going to be weird.
0: When do you graduate?
1: Uh, graduate on May twenty fourth.
0: May twenty fourth. Okay, that's awesome. And then you'll have you know a good what month in, uh or so before residency orientation starts. Or
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my family and I are going on an Alaska cruise, which I've heard only wow. amazing things about. So I'm super super pumped for that. And that's awesome. Yeah, and you'll have. And
0: that whole time you'll be in that weird place where like for a month you're a doctor, but you don't really have a specialty. So when people ask you, what type of doctor are you? You have to give them that long explanation. Well, I just graduated med school and I'm about to start my residency. Some people get a job. Not many, but I know of one physician in that kind of six-week period who actually got a job at Foot Locker. What? So he was a doctor working at Foot Locker
1: before his residency started. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's awesome. Right? I have no intention of doing that.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, you enjoy your vacation, and uh, thanks for all the work you do. We will see you back on this show next time.
1: All right. See you later,
0: dude. You can get even more high-yield learning on the go, with our all-audio QBank Step 1 version, powered by Exam Circle and Lecturio, and of course, Step 2, powered by Online MedEd, providing high-yield information that you can take with you to the testing center on exam day. Click the link in the show notes, or search Apple's App Store for Inside the Boards, all one word. We also have in there meditations designed for medical students to help you during those stressful times in your board prep journey and throughout medical school. And over the course of the next couple months, we'll be adding additional detailed question dissections like you hear on the Inside the Boards podcast. We're currently building version two of the app, which will be available for Android and iOS with many, many more features than are currently there. But for now, we want your feedback on how we can make it better and what features you would like to see to help you study on the go. Why not try getting some of your time back by learning on the go and while doing other things?